going on everybody how's it going welcome to not rocket science podcast the show that often but not always but often talks about the intersectional relationship between technology business and the culture so how is it going this week i'm getting right to the point because I got to go to Jersey, got to go down the shore, as they say, when you were from Jersey. So, I'm not bullshitting this week. I'm getting right to it. So, last week, I believe I alluded to talking about doing an episode around the idea of getting a job in technology. Um, It's a topic that I feel a lot of people are intrigued about, interested in, based on feedback I've gotten, also just based on how popular it seems to be in uh, work blogs, work websites, networking sites, LinkedIn, places like that. Um, It's something that just constantly finds me. Like, I don't really look for it. It just kind of finds me sometimes in evolved forms um, as far as the headlines go, but... Something that I just see a lot, I have experience in, and a lot of these blogs, I just read them just from an interest standpoint. I'm like, all right, where where are we going with this one? And they piss me off a lot of the time. More often than not, I read it and I just get pissed off because sometimes the writer even talks about that they work in the technology industry and they talk about their personal journey or sometimes they don't and it sounds like a career coach or someone wrote it because the lack of personability the lack of granularity as far as the extent in which they go into detail is so lacking it is absurd it is so just basic boilerplate like read this blog and then they assume they either assume you know a skill or they don't talk about skills at all and that's the only thing that really matters but they talk about like company fit like how to how to position yourself so you appear like a company fit and a culture fit my favorite the culture fit and they put equal amount of weight on that as your actual skills themselves which is so off base and so incorrect, it is ridiculous. Like, sure, you can't be an asshole. You can't be self-centered. And you, you, in most companies these days, you can't be a, like a siloed worker where you're this like individual genius off in a corner when you don't want to collaborate with other people or communicate with stakeholders. Like, that caricature of a tech worker, yes, 
that would be a non-culture fit and a non-personality fit at like 99% of companies. But in reality, that person rarely ever, if ever, exists. You get you get fucking kooks in the tech industry. Like you do. You do. There's some wackadoodles out there that when you interview them, you're kind of like, mm-hmm, or when you work with them until they get fired. Uh, but that is the minority of minorities. Like, that is not the norm at all. So because that's not the norm, there's no way that that stuff is going to have equal weight compared to the skills. It's more like they're in an interview for a technology job. I don't care what it is. It could be coding. It could be design. It can be, um, you know, data architecture, data science, product management, whatever it is, you're going to be evaluated on your skills, how you think, how you problem solve, how you approach problems. Um, and then, you know, if you're a programmer, just like your stack, do the languages you know fit the company's stack, whether it's the back end or the front end, etc., what have you. But the point is, is that's going to be the point of emphasis. And the culture and personality fit is something that they're kind of evaluating as they go along. But it's really like the assumption is this person will probably be a fit and they're looking for a reason why you're not a fit if anything um most times that i've when i've talked with uh, people who do like real technical programming interviews and things like that i don't i don't do those i've only done ux interviews and i've done uh product management interviews as the interviewer not the interviewee as the interviewee i've only done ux interviews but just don't be weird have some sense of like understanding of how to small talk a little how to come across as nice approachable approachable jesus what is going on i just had pizza so i'm all like i'm dairied up um you know approachable collaborative nice etc just just don't be a weirdo that's it uh to me what would be more helpful is if you take a step back and look at all this shit from square one because to me, if you're in the tech industry already, you're well-seasoned, there's no recruitment blog that's going to give an article that's going to provide you much value. You're already established. You're doing your damn thing. It's all good. If you're trying to get a job and you took some step to transition your career, okay, maybe those are slightly helpful. But the bottom line is if you're in that transitional phase, just work on your skills. Work on your damn skills as much as you can. That's it. And don't be weird. And if you're brand new from scratch, that's where shit gets interesting. Like, if you're working some other job and you don't know how to get out of that discipline and into a technical discipline, whether it be design engineering or or, uh, product management, that's the person that I feel like gets massively underserved because of how uh how much there is to do really and no writer that's probably the social media manager at a recruitment agency or linkedin or something like that wants to write an article that long or has the knowledge to write an article that long but if they do have the knowledge to write something that long they probably just won't because they don't have time um 
But I just want to give some pointers to that person. Because the other thing that kind of irritates me in these articles is they also they think more like tech companies when they say tech roles because they also include sales and marketing in these some of them not all of them but sometimes when i read these things and it's like like working like do you want to be a more hands-on technical uh employee like working in programming or do you want to work in non-technical fields like sales and marketing and it's like first of all why the fuck you were throwing around the word technical when everything's technical, like marketing operations is super technical, so don't give me that bullshit, A. And B, when you talk about quote-unquote technical jobs, don't talk about tech companies and roles and mix them together. Either talk about tech companies and working there in whatever position, or just talk about engineering, design, and data science, product management. That's it. That is what these boot camps create courses for those are the generally accepted roles when it comes to talking about technical and if you start getting confusing and talking about sales and marketing at a tech company and you start using the word technical in its technical definition then you're getting confused and you're confusing others because there are roles in other departments that can be in the technical definition of the word technical so that was confusing as fuck that I just said, let alone what these writers are writing about. So for the sake of this, we're just talking about those four that I just mentioned. So the first question is, what do you want to do? So I'd say research as much as you can about all four of those types of roles, whether it be data science, product management, design. And by design, I mean UX, UI, product design, not graphic design. Or engineering. And then within engineering, if you know you want to be a coder, you got to look up all different languages, front end, back end. I mean, although, however, at this stage in the game, it's pretty standard to start with CSS, HTML, and JavaScript. Those are kind of the big three as in terms of like building blocks of how to create applications and websites. And then you go from there and then you can branch out to mobile development and learn, you know, Xcode environment and Swift or Java if you want to be an Android developer or whatever. Xamarin if you're trying to do both um, in one platform. Or you can go into development for gaming. You can go into you know, financial, you know, blockchain, stuff like Whatever the hell it is, you start with CSS, JavaScript, HTML, and go from there. Um, so first is just being like being self-aware and understanding what you're into. Like why, like don't be a salary chaser for God bless it. Do not be a fucking one of those people that has no idea what to do. They have no direction in life, whatever. We've all been there. That's all good to have no direction in life. The thing is though, is look at how these job sites and career development platforms position tech jobs as these like lifesavers because of the salaries they offer because that's like in their marketing it's always like ted javascript developer 120k 150k 200k whatever the fuck it is like don't fall for that bullshit because that is a terrible way to jump into this industry because it's like anything else if you do anything for money and you have no love for it you're gonna fucking fail every time you're just gonna fail i don't care you're gonna fail you have to have some you don't have, it doesn't have to be your passion in life 
you don't have to be one of those coding psychopaths that just codes all day and it's their life passion, but you have to have a genuine interest in learning about it. You have to have a real genuine curiosity about it and because you got to put in the work and the work is thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of hours that are jam-packed because you're transitioning. So you don't even have like, it's not like learning basketball when you're a kid and you play like an hour or two a day every day and then eventually it builds up because you've been doing it for 10 years, 15 years. No, no, no. you got to put in like hour, hours, eight hours, nine hours, 10 hours a day. you got to immerse yourself 100%, which brings me to the next point, which is boot camp. So like once you have some understanding of what gets you excited by researching these different fields, it's about picking how you want to go about learning your skill set. That's number one. And to me, it's an, it all boils back to self-awareness. You've got to be self-aware. Because look, YouTube's great, but YouTube, trying to learn all this shit on YouTube alone generally isn't going to hack it. Because even if you have the discipline and the willpower to be self-motivated enough to learn all this stuff through scouring YouTube videos for hours, the lack or variation, I should say, in quality from video to video, creator to creator, is going to fucking annoy you. It's just going to get annoying after a while. You're going to have one guy that's really good or one girl that's really good, covers a few subjects, and then the next subject you're going to find some dude that from Russia that with a, you know, a very basic video that, like, and he has an accent, so you can you have to turn the subtitles on. And then you have someone with an Indian accent that's very good, but then you'll, you know, go to some, like, bro from Florida, and he tries to explain something on an even deeper level, but he kind of sucks at it. It just becomes a mess. Like, it's too diverse. There's too much variance in the content. So the next level up from that would be online courses from places like Career Foundry, General Assembly, etc., that's for the person that probably wants more structure, more of a guided curriculum, consistent teaching. So you have the same teachers. Uh, I think that's a happy compromise. If you're somebody that's motivated, self-motivated, disciplined, um, but you're not some crazy person that's super cheap and going to like learn everything from YouTube, you want better quality teaching than YouTube, um, I would say one of those online courses or multiple online courses might be a good path. But you got to do something. You got to train yourself in some way and I think the more you invest the better it is. The third option is the boot camp and I've I've done an episode about this already about tech boot camps. To me the advantage of a tech boot camp is more so the network you build as far as instructors, you get face-to-face time with them on a daily basis. You get other people that you go through this process with. They become your friends, become your colleagues. They become your LinkedIn connections, etc. So you're really spending more about building a network and then building a portfolio because they usually have projects in your curriculum. Um, but to me, I don't even think the projects are that valuable, to be honest. I think if you do online courses with a guided curriculum that also has projects in their course load, that's just as good because there's this sentiment in the industry where people rarely give a shit about a class project. They want to see like real work you've done, whether it's your own concept um, or like real shipped products or features. 
that's generally people care about. And it's usually the latter by far the most. And then if you created your own app on the side, but you're still saving up for a development shop to work on it, like that's admirable because it shows, um, it shows natural kind of go getting. It shows an entrepreneurial spirit, you know, it shows some ingenuity on your part. So creating your own project from scratch is probably even a better option than class projects. But if you really want multiple projects, go for it. Do your class projects. But it's really more the network if you do a boot camp or, and the education if you do a boot camp or online classes. That's the most valuable. But I understand how they market these courses and these boot camps because you do need some sort of portfolio, whether you're making your own apps, whether you're doing pro bono work, whether it's class projects. You're not going to get a job at least in the design field, without a portfolio. And the same can be said for um, development work as a programmer or coder. Like if you don't have your own GitHub, you haven't made your own site so you can show, it's going to be tough. You better ace those coding challenges then. <laughs> like it's going to be tough. And I don't want to talk too much about getting a job as a, as a programmer or developer because I haven't done it, but I have lots of friends that have done it and have been the interviewer and the manager and the director, and I've talked with them about this. So I know a little bit, I've, and I've also been at companies where I had to sit right next to the person going through the coding challenge, and I'm kind of like just like watching them on the side while I'm supposed to be making my thing. And uh, it is quite the pressure cooker. I mean, whiteboard challenges are also pretty pressure-packed, but I think a coding challenge is a bit worse I saw some freaked out people on interviews in my day where, because sometimes the manager is a little quirky too, and when that happens and the person's not expecting it, and they ask these weird questions that obviously throw off the interviewee, it just makes everything weird, and I'm just kind of sitting there like, sorry, man, I don't know. It's weird, but good, because they're a little bit more direct there's less wiggle room to bullshit because a lot of it is very binary. Like you either know it or you don't know it. So that's what I appreciate from programming interviews. But point is, is you got to figure out all this stuff first. You got to figure out what your budget is, how much you have saved, how much you're willing to spend. Because a boot camp back when I did one, like five, six years ago, was 10 grand. From what I hear, it's more than that. It's in more like the 14 grand territory. Courses online usually run you between two and four grand. You might get lucky on a Black Friday deal or some shit, get it for a thousand, something like that. Um, and then YouTube's obviously free. So you got to be realistic about your budget, your level of discipline, your level of willpower, your level of self awareness, and what you want. Do you want a network? Do you want class projects thrown in? Are you going to, you have all these app ideas that you have and you want to either code or design or both? build and code your own app ideas it's really just about being self-aware and pragmatic in your approach because there's no room for like ideological views of yourself when doing this kind of thing it's all about just being practical as hell with everything you do and self-aware as hell with knowing who you are to how to strategize this transition but once you've done all that and figured all that out and did the work, put in the hours, start accumulate the knowledge, 
then it's time to start thinking about applying the companies and where I want my culture fit and where I want to work at. Do I want to be work at an agency or a startup or an established Fortune 500 company? Like that's when all that shit can start popping in your head. <clears throat> but the reality is, unless you're lucky or you have a really good background or you're some super genius or whatever, the first job is always going to be very tough. It's going to be tough to get, and there's going to be this tendency in your job search where you just become a whore and apply to everything. And you're just spamming applications, writing, having a cover letter that's boilerplate and then switching some shit around and adding in one new paragraph on why you like the company after doing 20 minutes of research on their website or whatever. Like, that is going to happen. And the only thing... I would suggest going into that because it's going to happen. Like, you need a job. You need to get... I mean, you can also apply to internships if money's not a big deal right off the bat. I would highly recommend applying for freelance roles because they're a lot easier to get than permanent roles right off the bat. I know you're going to have to pay for your own health care, God forbid, but you should be making enough hourly where it doesn't really matter as long as you're generally healthy and don't need a premium plan. Um, just a little pro tip. Um, that's how I got into it. My first job and a lot of places are freelance to perm. So you prove yourself, you should be good to go. Um, but yeah, they're just much, much easier to land than full-time roles right off the bat. But back to what I was saying before, when it comes to your search, I would recommend figuring out asking others if possible and figuring out what type of fit you want and treat it kind of like an e-commerce website. It's like you don't have to turn on all the filters, but generally when you look for something, you turn on some kind of filter, whether it's the price filter, the sort, you know, first to last, last to first by price or by, uh, you know, color if it's for a certain product. Like there's just a couple filtering options you generally turn on when you search for something. And that's what I would say with a job search. It's more like figuring out what you don't want than what more so than what you want. And just don't waste your time on applying to those types of places. If you like a lot of structure and you want, you know, a lot of uh resources available and not having to jump back and forth and being very focused on your role and working collaboratively on a team, like all right, maybe I'm not going to apply to lean early stage startups maybe that's not my thing or vice versa you don't like structure you like wearing a ton of hats maybe you're not going to apply for like massive a thousand plus employee companies it's just basic things you don't have to get too specific with it but if when you don't narrow your search at all and you just have no idea what you're looking for it can get a tad overwhelming and eventually you'll probably get lucky and get out of it and get something but it makes just mentally, from a mental clarity standpoint, it's a lot easier to go about your job search when you know what you don't want. You're not going to know really what you want when you're a newbie because your understanding of the industry is so novice level. You're not going to really know. you got to get your feet wet a little. But you might have an inkling on what you don't want from previous job experience or you know, just, just by knowing, again, having self-awareness. Um. So that's what I would recommend. And then, obviously, 
write your cover letters. If you get an interview, thank the person. I would say do some LinkedIn research about who the main point of contact might be at each company if possible. Make sure on LinkedIn you turn on the options in your settings that you're open for roles and you write a little description on what you're looking for in the in the text area because that's a big deal and recruiters in general are a big deal. There's a lot of uh there's a lot of like negative connotations in the industry sometimes when it comes to recruiters i don't really know why i think it's more people hiring than applicants um i think that's where the frustration stems from them not knowing how to find what you as the manager is looking for but from an applicant standpoint i've had nothing but absolutely fantastic interactions with recruiters i have kind of like a network of recruiters that i work with now um They've been great to me. I've gotten multiple positions through recruiters at this point. Um, so I would say reach out to recruiters, embrace recruiters, sit down. Sometimes really good ones will want to meet with you in person. And I would suggest doing that and just kind of being real with them on where you're at, what you're looking for. A lot of times recruiters have roles that they're trying to like basically fill almost at like a desperate level and they uh because it's usually certain types of companies that aren't very sexy to people with lots of experience like banks like you know bank of america american express Citibank, comcast verizon places like that um very big companies but just not very sexy tend to have a hard time filling roles sometimes and that might be an option particularly if they're looking for a freelancer in an area for example in jersey city instead of new york city so you have to go to new jersey every day uh and sit at an office for bank of america not the best gig in the world but those jobs tend to pay very well and uh if you're willing to you know be a freelancer and commute to jersey city which isn't that big of a deal in new york you just go to uh world trade and then it's like 15 minutes on the path train if you're willing to do those little things it just puts you better in position to land something so talk to recruiters take on those unsexy roles take on those freelance to perm positions if possible and really like go for those if that's what you're into if not you know work at a startup or shoot for the stars and try to apply to Facebook for all I care. But I'm just telling you from experience what has worked for me in the past. What has not worked for me in the past, though, is being too hung up on interest. Like, I like music. I have a music background. I've been playing music my whole life. I make beats. I made the beats for this fucking podcast. Like, I love music, and I remember applying to a bunch of music companies, and I got hardcore crickets. No one gave a shit. I here's the worst one. The one there was one company I was gunning for for a year, and they had an internship role, but not even a job, a fucking internship, son. And I wrote the best cover letter I've ever written in my life. It was perfect. I wrote like four drafts of it. 
talked about my life experience with music, the amount of research I did for that company and like why I'm a good fit for exactly what they're doing. I fucking stalked all the employees on Instagram, found out exactly what they like. Yeah, just like savage, savage level shit for this role because I really wanted it. And uh, I applied. I didn't hear anything. I did a follow-up. I found the person who would be the, uh, the the point of contact, the HR manager. Emailed them personally asking um, for any status updates. I'm on vacation in L.A. I'm on vacation in Los Angeles. And I get an email back from the guy basically saying, Oh, damn, I'm sorry. Uh, that position has been filled for a while now uh that being up on that board was an accident sorry dude that was the response i got and i was so pissed that day oh my god i was so pissed here's how pissed i was the night before i la traffic etc parking i drove back from hollywood and i spent about literally 45 minutes in venice trying to find a parking spot 45 minutes just driving around the neighborhoods in Venice, California, trying to find a parking spot. Find a parking spot. I wake up the next day. I get that email. Then I go to the car. I got a 75 ticket for a parking in a legal parking zone. <sighs> Boy, was I pissed. I wound up day drinking, a bottle of white wine, and then I went shopping to Whole Foods, and then I met Conor McGregor at the Whole Foods hammered. True story. And I was the I was with my sister. My sister called me. She asked me. She had a little like lady emergency, so I had to buy the things that fix the lady emergency. And I realized hammered that I was talking to Conor McGregor holding a box of tampons that I was trying to hide from him. Yeah, that all happened that day where I got my. Somewhat rejection, somewhat apologetic letter from the HR recruiter at this company I was gunning for. So, point being, don't let your personal interests sway your job search too much. Uh, it might bite you in the ass. But um, those are the main tips. And then the interview, it's just know your portfolio, create your damn portfolio. And it should be a website this day and age. You could still do the PDF route, I guess particularly if you have projects that have NDAs attached to them. But I would just make a damn Squarespace site at this point. It's not hard. If you want to get more designy with it, I suggest Webflow. It's better than Squarespace or WordPress um, in terms of design flexibility. But as far as your first portfolio, make that shit easy. And Squarespace is probably the easiest, easier than WordPress. So I suggest that um, just from the ease of use, cause you don't care about SEO. WordPress is great for SEO, but you don't give a shit about SEO for a design portfolio and just know it to a T, write your case studies, be thorough and know them to a T. Um, take a class on, on job portfolios for, for UX. I'm starting to get very into UX here, just on my personal experience. Um, this doesn't really mean much if you're a PM or a developer or data scientist or analyst or whatever, but for UX portfolios, take a class. There's a guy, Joe Natale. He's a 27-year UX vet. He has a class on portfolios that's good. Sarah Duty has a really like immersive online course. Um, she was the first ever teacher in New York for a General Assembly boot camp. 
Hers, her program is more expensive. It's like $400 or something. Joe Natale's is cheaper because it's just a, a teachable.com course. But I would also study the art of building a portfolio for UX correctly, product, product design correctly, and uh, know it and just know your work in the interview. Come across as a normal person, a happy person, collaborative, approachable, enthusiastic, ready to learn ready to embrace challenges and you should do well i mean i haven't had too many bad interviews to be honest um i really haven't the interview part isn't that scary for me at least in my experience it's more all the other stuff and getting your foot in the door for an interview now i haven't aced every single interview i've ever been on i've been on not the best interviews where i kind of jumble my words too much or i say something that clashes with what they're doing because I'm kind of open. I mean, I have a fucking podcast for Christ's sake and I curse on it. Like I'm not someone that holds back in my beliefs and my beliefs are my beliefs. They're not everyone's beliefs. So yeah, I've had interviews where I could tell things aren't going to go from here too far, but I've never had an interview where I was like scared or intimidated or anything. Um, in terms of the level of knowledge. If you know your shit and you know your work, you'll be fine on most interviews, and you're not super creepy. If you're super creepy, maybe work on that. But I don't know if I can help you. And that's it. All right. 32 minutes in, I'm going to call it. But I just wanted to lay that out there and give you guys, based on my experience, some real kind of... I don't want to say advice because I don't know shit. I'm, I'm just one person. Um, I'm not the fucking tech industry knowledge guru. I just want to talk from my experience, and that's been my experience. And I see a lot of bullshit on these blog articles that I just wanted to clear up for you guys. And that's all. I just wanted to make it a little more transparent, a little more real, and that is it. So if you like this, please, and you have any questions, reach out to us at NRS underscore show on Insta or Twitter. Or at not rockets or yeah at not rocket science show at gmail dot com and that's it. All right, see you guys next week. Thanks. Peace.